0: History, folks. History is the subject, and fittingly so. Um, the most well-prepared podcast I've ever been a part of. And that isn't saying much, but it's still something to say, right? The very first, the premiere edition of the Historical Oracle. We are back to September 1995. Uh, we are about to enter a, a boom period, an iconic era of professional wrestling. And it's all, you know, it's quickly approaching. We start a natural point. The Monday Night Wars is about to begin. Oracle. We've been talking this through a lot on the on the late night green are you fired up how get this started
1: i'm i'm very fired up i'm very excited um it's a it's a personal journey of mine that i've wanted to take for a long time and uh the stars seem to have aligned oh. to where i can take it and i'm willing to take it and i'm enjoying it um i've said this before and i'll say it at the start um The goal is to watch everything that's available on Peacock starting from the beginning of the Monday Night Wars, September 4th, 1995, first Nitro, including ECW Mm -hmm. all the way until April 1st, 2001, WrestleMania 17, 67 total episodes, (laughs) April 1st, uh, 27 or the April 1st, WrestleMania 17 would, would include and fall into the March, 2001 category. Um, that will obviously take probably well over a year to do. Um, God willing, or God forbid we last that long. That's <laughs> a joke. Um, I also can't guarantee that we're going to get it done. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of watching. We have, we have lives outside of this, uh, other projects, other things going on, but you know, I'm confident we can get, you know, a pretty good ways through and 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 i think joe agrees with me there we can we you know we can we can make it at least a year or two into this thing i think yes um, hopefully we can finish it hopefully we can um but for now let's have fun let's let's enjoy the ride uh, and, and and see how far we can make it and hopefully uh with the, with some t's and p's and, and <laughs> other things uh uh maybe maybe we can uh complete this this project that six thousand seven hundred and forty-five other people have done. There so, um, <laughs> but it's, but, uh, but but it's a late night grin version, and um, uh, you know, ECW being an addendum, uh, as well as uh, or I guess being added. Um, I, I don't know if addendum would be the correct term for that. Um, it might be. I don't know. It might be. I don't know. I I, I failed too many vocabulary tests. <laughs> That's another running joke I've made on here. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but so, you know, we start with September 1995. Um, Joe is shocked at how prepared I was for this. I sent him a whole Google yes. doc of notes. We've got that lined up here. And, uh, I think let's, uh, let's go ahead and get
0: started. Yeah. So because this is the first episode and I look, you're right. This is a project that if there's one area of that's been covered, it's this one, right? But, I don't know some of this, EC- a lot of this ECW stuff, in fact, and I don't know what part of the audience knows what. So with the first episode in mind, I think we should try and set the stage somewhat as to where we're at in September 1995, right? Wrestling has had a interesting, but put it politely, few years. Uh, There's been quite the lulls. WCW is over a year removed from uh, Hogan's entry. They're taking it Monday nights. You know, they're the kind of broad strokes here. From your perspective, um, you know, and again, you don't have to go into too much detail because we, we're going to go step by step as we as we go through this process. But like, for, if someone had no idea what is wrestling looking like when we start this project, so <clears throat> I kind of
1: want to, you know, obviously we're focused on the states, right? right, and the big two, arguably the big three. I mean, ECW was, you know. Certainly, by '97 they were the third biggest after 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 barely legal, um, but you've got WCW, WWF, and ECW. Um, those are, of course, the promotions we'll be covering here. <clears throat> Each company's kind of going through a different phase. The big two really had a big tsunami hit them in the early, early to mid nineties with these steroid trials that not only affected the the WWF, but affected the whole industry, including WCW. Um, and there's still a business recovery from that inside and outside, you know, internally and externally, um, they're still recovering a lot from that. Both are, um, WCW is completely different from what it was a year to 15 months prior to this bischoff's vision or at least early vision was to bring in hogan he successfully did that and it sort of became what wwf was in the late 80s cartoonish dungeon of doom feud right we're going to cover a lot of that here um less focused on in-ring work WCW always had that, I think, to the bitter end. Uh, well, maybe about a year short
0: of the bitter end, right? A couple of years, I uh, They all <laughs> went on worldwide. I, I, I'll, there you
1: I, go. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. Um, you know, when Russo came in, that was totally flipped upside down, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was, it's a completely different promotion than it was, and it's been a rough year for them. Um, Vader has just left. We'll, we'll discuss that when we get to that. Um, of course, we know the debut of Luger, and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, ECW is having a great year. Uh, they became really a big cult sensation in the latter half of 94. And the Raven and, and, and Dreamer feud is really kind of the feud that, like, sparked yes or at least you know kind of defines that era um and it takes and it just consumes all 95 but there's a lot of players and a lot of things going on and it's it's really well done really a true masterpiece of, of Heyman's booking occurs in 95 ecw throughout up and down the card um particularly with the bigger you know with the bigger programs um so it's it's getting a lot of tread it's getting a lot of popularity Um, obviously Joe and I were, Joe wasn't born yet. And I was barely, you know, I was just short of three years old. So we don't have that context of watching it live, but I can Mm -hmm. say from, from my oldest brother, Dylan, that, you know, the tape trading and stuff, ECW was really getting in was, was a big, you know, that was its avenue was tape trading. Right. And I remember him telling me he got double tables, which happened in, I think, February 95. Um, and I think he said the first ECW episode he ever turned on was February of 96. So it came on at 2 a.m. And I can't remember what channel I said it came on. It was a Tuesday night at 2 a.m. Um, in Charleston, South Carolina, where we were living at the time. So, you know, we're, we're, we're just a few months shy of that. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of, you know. It kind of grows. ECW kind of grows, you know, right. you know, throughout and the country. Um, it's worth it, noting,
0: The and you would speak this better than I because you've seen more of it, and we can get into this month by month, but a big part of ECW's not only image identity but purpose is its contrast to the struggles of the big two, right? right. 1995 is an infamous year for both WWF and WCW in terms of just, not just commercially but critically, it's like the bottom tier right and ecw right. as you just said it's, you know it was the contrast to that right right
1: yeah absolutely and that was like 90 95 through through, through 97 are really the critically right. you know the critically acclaimed years really after barely legal and and well the summer of 97 ecw was is is looked upon pretty well um and and rightfully so but once you get to hardcore heaven and, and not long after that things start to yeah you know polly's booking starts to get a little polly We'll get there. Plastic, <laughs> you know. um, but, you know, and, and other things are going on. It's kind of a domino effect in some ways. But as far as WWF goes, um, the last one left standing uh, nowadays, uh, yeah. you know, it's probably they're probably in their most critically panned year, right? 95 yes. might be their critically most, most critically panned, um, historically at least, mm-hmm. uh, pun intended. Historical Oracle, um, but uh, it's, it's so Shawn Michaels just went through a babyface turn. Not long after mania Sid was his bodyguard turned on him. Yep. So we're in about, we're about four months into Shawn's babyface turn. Um, we have to remember that WWF often took two weeks off in the late summer, right around school, starting Labor Day. Yep. They almost never had raw on Labor Day. This lasted up through '98. Um, in '98, I think that uh, I think they had raws. I think they did like Saturday raws or something in '97 and '98. Um, but this was, you know, this this lasted for first several years of raw. So the last event that takes place of any significance before before you know where we are is actually SummerSlam '95, uh, which has mm-hmm. the which has the second Sean Razor Ladder Match. Yes, um, which. I prefer over their first one, um, personally. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I know some people don't agree with that. You may not, um, but so you know, we've 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 just had that. We've had Diesel's uh, infamous feud with King Mabel, <laughs> the classic there. David um, <laughs> Boy Smith has just turned heel. Yes. Um, so you know, after after the uh, sad split of the great tag team of David Boy Smith and Lex Luger, uh, the allied powers. Um, (laughs) of course we'll get to, you know, Lex, uh, showing up on nitro, but you know, I'm, I'm yammering, but you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, it's not a lot of exciting things on paper during this time period for either WCW or WWF. I mean, Hogan dungeon has been going on for a year almost and, you know, there's, 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 there's not a lot, of, you know, there's, there's not a lot of exciting stuff going on.
0: It's, and this is the nerd speaking here, and the reason I love this, and you're going to see me have less knowledge as we get deeper into the boom portion of this, especially on the WWF side. These times in wrestling fascinate me. Unfortunately, we've been living one well on the WWE side for about 17 years now, where they're trying to figure out the way of <laughs> turning that arc back, right? To reversing yep. the cycle. And it's important to say, you know, if you're watching this show, I'm sure you've, you've heard enough podcasts and everyone does that term. It's cyclical. The business is up and down. It's worth noting, in terms of national wrestling, this is young, man. Like territory wrestling, you know, forever. You're really a decade into national, mainstream, that type of, you know, that kind of brand that the Vince Man obviously made popular. And they've been a few years into this, this lull here. And as we're about to see, you know, a range of factors, Paul Lee's innovation, Eric Bischoff's balls, and Vincent Mann's, you know, need to adjust is going to change everything. So we will we'll do this step by step. That was a nice job there, setting the stage. One quick thing before we get started Have you ever seen the clip where Paul Lee predicts their chances in the Monday Night Wars? WCW, have you ever seen this? It's, I only saw it today. And Maybe. I'm not he's a, sure. Like a, He's got like some of the wrestlers with him, and like he's letting guys ask questions and they say, Well, how do you think they're gonna do in the Monday night? War well, and Paul Lee dismisses WCW. He's like, they're dead. Wow. It's worth it's worth looking this up, folks. because It's just interesting because I think look, we all agree Paul Lee's pretty sharp. But it gives you perspective on like people just did not realize what this was gonna do for the business, man. They didn't realize. Like it was, it was it was unforeseen how groundbreaking how much this would change the rest of the world. So that's always worth knowing with this stuff because certain places will paint the picture as like, and then when they came with that money on Mondays, it was, you know, it's like, no, it was, it kind of shocked people how much of a war this was from day one. So, so there you go. Um, Okay. With that in mind, let's, let's get into this, brother. So here's what we're going to do, folks. Oracle is prepared. He has sent me formats. We've discussed this with our executive producers (laughs) and each week, oracle has got the best show each time we do this we're going to start with the promotion that had the most victories for that month so this month september 95 ecw had the best show two out of four weekly show that is okay so we're going to start there and this is fun for me because as i've said before this is the least familiar to me thankfully oracle is a great pro and he has sent me many notes so i, I am ready i'm prepared ECW, Now this is a great month because, see, I didn't realize this is a big month on their side of things too, right? This is the month for Gangster's Paradise, which we'll get straight into it because to me that event is famous for two matches for different reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Ray and and Psychosis speaks for itself and what that would eventually mean in a wider perspective when we get to Nitro and stuff. The double dog collar is just, like, conceptually that pops me, you know? So let's start with the first half of that, Um you listed here – and this is, folks – you know, this gives you some perspective on the time. ECW's debuts in this month are Rey Mysterio Jr., Psychosis, and Steve Austin. <laughs> like, it's a, yeah. it's a different deal, folks, okay? So let's start with the first part of that, uh, their match here, which you listed as the best match for ECW of the month. Rey Jr., Psychosis, Gangster's Paradise. Let's start there. Um, your thoughts on, on a famous match that proved pivotal in the, in the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm always reminded of the clip uh, in the WWF-ECW documentary in 2004 when Heyman talks about bringing in those guys and then claiming that Bischoff stole them from him. Yes. And then Bischoff snides in, you know, and they get him the, as a talking <laughs> head. They bicker back and forth and separate interviews. And it's very funny. Um, but yeah, this was huge. Right. I mean, like this is not, you know, and unless you were living in Southern California and you were familiar with AAA,
0: um,
1: there really wasn't, uh, a lot of, you know, of course, you know, being a trader, AAA was a huge promotion at the time, so I'm sure you had some familiarity if, 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 if you were one. But these guys coming in, Ray Psychosis, Juventude come in CCW a few months later. Uh, Conan, even though I'm not a Conan fan, Vladdy's um, doing well. I think he had heart surgery after COVID. Um, but, um, or at least I hope uh, I hope he's doing well. Um, but, uh You know, they they came in based off the AAA stardom, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Eddie 2. And, you know, this is... I, I don't even really know how to describe it because stylistically, it's not something people in the States were very familiar with. Yeah. And trying to put it into context is a little bit difficult for the age differences. But if you watch a lot of that stuff in chronological order um it's totally different from anything you see like i mean just 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 for comparison's sake and and we'll talk about that here shortly filming and liger who had a you know fun little opener or whatever on yeah. on, on the first nitro ray and psychosis are doing like spots that are way more you know elaborate and, and spectacular than what they were mm-hmm. doing and and pillman and liger were doing some pretty neat stuff you know uh, you know they're they're their famous match in super Bowl 92 um that was a huge match in and of itself right well this was a step further because these guys are like real luchadors from mexico mm-hmm. coming in and doing stuff that you you know working like the rudo and Technico match and you know psychosis is taking his bumps and like working the comedy spots and and jawing to the crowd and, and you know the ecw fans are eating it up it's just ray does like a spectacular like uh switching rana you know where he gets him from the top yes. and then switches around I and mean, just and the place is just exploding it's just it's nothing you would ever see before at the time i mean i can't imagine watching it at the time and just like being blown away by it it's just they, it was it was the first introduction of that style on a national stage in in the states it you know the difference is ecw came out at 2 a.m all right and, and <laughs> so i mean it wasn't always the most um easily accessible thing mm-hmm. but just just a just a great 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 match um and and really it's more of a teaser than anything because they don't really overdo it but they hit their spots and it gives you a good idea of like what type right. of wrestlers these guys are
0: and it's a great starting point because i mean this is going to be one of the big stories of the era right i mean that that style and its influence and ironically i'm sure there's times where you kind of <laughs> you question how good that influence was when guys took this and did it you know, a a lesser level, but it has to be said, it isn't lost on me. You know, we're sitting here in 2022 and fucking Ray Jr. just got put on the front cover of the 2K and like, look, folks, we're we're, we're living in, we're going to go back here, this is not the place for modern talk, but just take a moment to consider that, okay? (laughs) The trailblazer of September 1995, he's already great here, okay? We are now in 2022 and dude's on, like, you know, a relatively mainstream front cover, man. This is Fucking he's an icon. He's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. So and we'll you know, we'll he's explore that as we
1: go. He's so. amazing.
0: Incredible. Now, speaking of icons, I want to circle back to that other debut. Steve Austin is here in ECW. Um, what's he doing at this point? I think everyone's seen some of the clips, right? How mm-hmm. what stuff are we get in here? Are we getting the full, you know, Bischoff so, shoes and that stuff?
1: So basically what we're getting here is if we just stick with Gangsters Paradise. So they do a deal where Okay, so the gangsters came in at the early summer, late spring of 95. Gangsters were, of course, basically the top heels in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yes. And Public Enemy were arguably the top babyfaces of the entire company in ECW in 94, 95. Dreamer kind of takes that mantle uh, as, as 95 goes on with, with, the Raven, with, with, with the Raven feud. But Public Enemy were huge at the time. So the gangsters come in and they have this big feud with Public Enemy. Um, which was a very, that is, that that was a big feud in and of itself because it was very modern, you know, for the times. Right. No, no other place in wrestling was going to do something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> understandably so, but also I'm glad that there was a place for them to do that. Right. right. Um, so they're having this backstage tiff or whatever. And the background is, is I would have to look up the, Mustafa Saeed got into some the 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 explanation from Joey Styles that he got into some sort of altercation and got arrested or something at a hotel. So he had taken out of the six man cage match, which was supposed to be the gangsters and my and and, uh, the (laughs) gangsters in the Sandman versus my public enemy. So two cold Scorpio takes Mustafa's place. And so it's too cold and, and new Jack or cussing and getting in an argument with, with, with the public enemy and Joey styles is trying to find the, a cameraman that'll work. And they keep doing like the fuzzy cheesy, like, oh. you know, God bless. So Joey's going over there and he's like pulling like a, um, you know, live feed. Like, you know, he's like, he's fucking Anderson Cooper or something. <laughs> and he's running around backstage <laughs> and, uh, all of a sudden famous promo, Steve Austin pops up in the Hogan, get up got the go. Stevester belt, you know, he starts cutting his Hogan promo and doing all this stuff. You're not good enough for you, but buries WCW and Bischoff and cuts a great shoot promo. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a really funny part where Johnny grunge goes.
0: Oh, Steve Austin. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's really, really funny. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great, great, great debut. Um, and uh, I have to make sure. I don't want to skip to October here, Um, but he he shows up uh, again like a week later. Austin does. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. So 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 bear with me. He he shows up like. I think. um, Maybe maybe it's not that It might be the first episode of October. Um, okay. But but he does show up and he eventually gets involved in the Sandman Mike Whitbrett program, Um okay. but yeah. So I mean, it's it's he's and it's funny because that's really the only program he works, and then he just leaves. He goes to WWF and becomes short run, up. tiny run. So, yeah, All I right. mean it's you know two three months tops. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and we'll talk more about it when we get to October. Some of the promos he cuts, man, mm-hmm. that's on cold. That, that's yeah. not, that's, that's Stone Cold right there. Mm-hmm. He become I mean, like he basically, you know, he was, he was Stone Cold in ECW, man. Like, bas- I mean, he, I mean, he pretty much was, it was just, it just he, you know, he just had like the Dan Spivey hair. Yes. <laughs> instead. <laughs> but,
0: um, yeah. That's when, I mean, that's why it's so, such a famous little stop there for him, because it's, you can see it. You can see what's about to happen. It, obviously it takes a while, right? You know, it's not immediate, but you can see it. List quickly because you brought it up. Anything else on on the Gangsters uh, Public Enemy feud, which is obviously a centerpiece of this of this pay per view bill or this show bill this month? Anything else on that? Uh,
1: not so much. There's some fun interviews and and music videos that they have hyping up the match a few weeks before Gangsters Paradise, which is this which is on September 16th, ninety five. If you're interested in looking it up on the on the cock. Uh, I, I wish we could do something like that tope but i don't i don't know how that would work um yeah screenshots and stuff that's probably not the best it's like, off for, right? for, for for a free stream unfortunately um but um so I, i'll i'll try to give dates to help out a little bit in terms of that if people are interested um but yeah i mean it's it's just a big feud right like it was it's a big it's it's a it, it would really befitting fitting of of, of the the, you know pop culture of the time okay. um and 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 let's be honest the uh the hip hop craze right because public enemy were were kind of like sort of like the like uh you know the uh what, what, what was the guy that had the famous song was it who was it vanilla ice or something I can't remember what it yeah was. yeah um so that you know they they were kind of similar to that and of course the gangsters are you know you know, more reminiscent of of the Tupacs and the East West East Coast West Coast rivalry that was big at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in 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 the states. So there, there there was very good of of understanding pop culture. Hamilton was very good at that. Yeah, and again, um, it's
0: worth you know, in fear of of re- like repeating myself here. I mean, it's worth noting like that's that kind oh. of pop culture element and being topical was not exactly present elsewhere at this time in the rest right. of the world. Like, because it, this is important to say that because. A lot of the shit that Paulie does here becomes the norm, right? And it mm-hmm. wasn't the norm then. so yeah, right. That's um okay. Now, this I mentioned it earlier, and this was your your pick for best feud, right? Of, of ECW's month, the double dog dog collar deal. Um, this is I I think this fair to say it's a famous match. I don't know how how critically acclaimed it is, but just on the visual alone, like it's it's something people remember, right? Talk us through this mm-hmm. this program uh, and well, and your thoughts on it.
1: There's a lot of pieces to this, right? Yeah. It involves the Dreamer Raven feud. It involves the Bill Alfonso, Todd Gordon feud. So Bill Alfonso was the biggest heel in wrestling in 1995. It's not close. Uh, incredible heat. Um, so the story is at Inner Sandman, he debuts on May 13th, 1995. Shane Douglas calls in a favor from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, from the Pennsylvania Athletic Commission. And this is when Shane Douglas was like, on his way out to wf so he's right. going full-blown heel at the time you know typical shane and he calls in a favor for bill alfonso and alfonso is like a crooked ref you know heel ref who's like strict on the rules they have a match for like at enter sandman where it's like dreamer and raven in a tag match or whatever and uh alfonso you know dq's dreamer for using a close fist and it's ecw right so it's just total <laughs> riot rage and fury from the fans and so it's going on all summer and commissioner Ton Gordon is the baby face in it and he's trying to you know say save ECW from Bill Alfonso and this whole thing and Alfonso keeps screwing over the baby faces and big matches over the summer and of course the dreamer Raven feud continues on um, <clears throat> he doesn't get involved in this match but So we'll talk about the cactus turn later, um, which is huge. Um, But so basically um, the pit bulls were part of Raven's crew and Luna Vashon was like Tommy Dreamer's uh, like second with you know when uh, when Beulah came in yes. so they did an angle where Raven wanted the pitbulls to, to super bomb Luna and they refused to do it so they turned babyface. so that's how that kind of feud sparked um, as you notice Heyman has a lot of things going on he's the right. best I've ever seen when he did it of having multiple feuds fuse into one another mm-hmm. leading up to a final big show or match or whatever he's the best I've ever seen well, um, that's
0: what allows him to extend some of these stories because right. if you if you don't introduce other elements, inevitably you're going to have to just keep hitting that same match, right? And that's what made right. his, you know, that's again I haven't right. seen enough of his stuff, but that's something that frankly is just a complete. I do not want to say lost art because it was an art that really right. I think he was central to all, all along. So that's exactly. worth up. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and and eventually, Alfonso had like the Dudleys as like his sort of right. bodyguards in a way. And, and you know, well, I think the Dudleys are part of Raven's crew. And then, like, of course, Alfonso was working with Raven. And and uh, Big Dick Dudley was kind of the bodyguard of Bill Alfonso. And, of course, Heyman's involved. And awesome. Heyman has his buddy 911, you know. And so they do a big angle where <clears throat> Todd Gordon gets fired for, like, eyesing because, like, they're doing a thing where, like, Alfonso is, like, about to shut down ECW. I think it's like heat wave in the summer. And like, mm-hmm. uh, he's like, he's like counting to six when he, he he's like counting to 10. And, and when he gets to six, Todd Gordon just clotheslines him and beats the shit out of him. So he gets like, he gets like suspended or whatever. So they, just, so they do this angle before gangster's Paradise for his, where, where his suspension gets uplifted and they show him in the crowd and he's high-fiving fans in the crowd, Todd Gordon hits. And like, and, the, and this is like this great dangerous zone segment with Paul E. <laughs> and like <clears throat> they try to get 911 to come out, but Bel Alfonso gets on the mic, the choke slams, the choke slams been bad the choke slams been bad. Because you know 911's gimmick is how he chokes down everybody. Yeah. So they do this whole deal and it's it's so good. But basically they get the double dog collar match and and um one of the pit bulls, I can't remember which one get stretched out, do an angle where he gets stretchered out or whatever. So Tommy dreamer just shows up because CCW and puts the other dog collar on mm-hmm. and like gets the pin for the team. And Bill Alfonso comes out and goes, no, you, yeah. He pins <laughs> Raven. No, that, 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 that not, doesn't count. That doesn't count. And then big Dick Dudley chokeslams dreamer. And he goes, that's right. The choke slams on tonight. I'm allowing the choke slam tonight. And like, <clears throat> and then of course, Todd Gordon comes up and he, Brawls with Alfonso and lets the match continue. And 911 comes out and Bill is like begging off, like, oh no, he's like trying to change his mind real <laughs> quick, but he can't do it in time. And he gets fucking choke slam and the place loses their mind. This is like it's one of the best. And of course, eventually the pitbull, yeah, the other pit bull comes back out right. and, and they and they win the tag belts. But it's it's one of the best. It's one of the best angles final like stories put together by him and ever like he does this a handful of times but it's just it's a masterpiece honestly it's a book mm-hmm. masterpiece it, it it might be his magnum opus i mean it's it's, That's it's awesome it's so well done um but yeah it's 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 a really it's the match quality itself isn't all that great but in terms
0: of the booking it's just it's a masterclass. i think this this if you want to explore a lot there's a lot to watch here but if you do the double dog collar you'll get like the vibe of it and i think it like because i've seen that and i it encapsulates a whole lot but you just laid out now it is worth noting and i'll use this to transition before we move on important to note there what Oracle said about the pin on raven did not count because that's an important plot very for that important very important. So, very important we're, we're gonna have to talk about you know their thing a lot but talking to dreamer um, he's doing the deal with Cactus Jack here, and you listed his best promo you popped me because it didn't surprise me. Every Cactus Jack promo, who is I think even people that don't watch a lot of ECW, myself included, this is a famous run of promos where, quite frankly, he made this is the stuff that to me maybe cements him as like a Mount Rushmore level product. This is his best stuff, I think. Um, talk a little about that. I think most people are aware of the uh, of the kind of concept, but just like he's just incredible here, isn't he? Oh, it's just, they're, they're some of the best promos
1: you'll ever hear in the history of wrestling. That's thats mm-hmm. not hyperbole. That's just, it's its incredible because it was coming from his, I honestly think it was coming from his heart and a lot of it. There's yep. a lot of bitterness from Mick. From Mick was always, he was so real, you know? Yep. Um, he's kind of a bumbling old man in some ways now. But like, <clears throat> he, he, he he had a rough falling out with WCW. Yeah. And I think his. So the story goes is that he and Dreamer were tag team and he was helping Dreamer in the Raven feud. They had a big match in the summer. And Dreamer's about to pin Raven after a big pile driver, turns around, Cactus DDTs him on a chair, huge heel turn. Fans are going mm. crazy. The deal is that Cactus no longer wants to work the hardcore style. His body's been too abused. It's been too broken. Raven has convinced him of this. And now basically he's trying to convince everybody in ECW, especially Tommy Dreamer, not to work the hardcore style and to sign with Uncle Eric, (laughs) which I believe is where that phrase came from, was Cactus in (laughs) his promos. And I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's incredible. And he says, if you sign with the client, it'll save your life and it'll save mine too. I mean, he's just, he's, and just the, the, the each promo has a theme and it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look up some of the, there's, there's the Kane Dewey promo about his son where there was this famous sign on the ECW arena that says Kane Dewey. There's the one about his uncle Willie, who was, you know, in the <laughs> war and he said, you know, he's. Talking about how he bombed and killed people, in you know Japan, and now and now how his uncle Willie was a piece of shit for killing all these people, and that and, and that he thinks that if that he thinks that if the United States government can be, and he he said something about his father, if 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 his father can can uh, can say the United States government said it was okay to kill a bunch of people in Japan, then me giving Tommy Dream a double on DDT on a chair is pretty small in comparison. So like, it, it's just he's. I mean, just the the promos are just incredible. You believe everything he says. It's it. They're visceral. Like it's it's. I don't know, man. It's it's some of the best promo work you'll you will ever hear. Like I'm trying to find some of the lines.
0: Uh, and,
1: and bear with me, folks. I'm gonna I do research while I'm doing it too, so I'm trying to find some of the lines from the promo. Um, if we could show the promos, we would, but we can't. Um, yeah, I would agree.
0: But you know, this is one thing. I mean, this is these get tweeted like every couple months. They're so famous and so brilliant. So you you could find these. I think they'll probably be on YouTube too. So at least some of them will, right? I mean, they're they're just this is his artistic peak. Alongside, his like mainstream hits of the late nineties, and we love all of it, right? He's great, but God, is this stuff is this stuff brilliant?
1: <laughs> here's here's one cactus considered. Willie, I'm, I'm reading from an from an excerpt from, from Pro Wrestling Only. Cactus is considered Willie a hero before walking through a memorial at Hiroshima and ends up cutting a scorched earth promo on him and other armchair patriots. I hope they swallowed his spine if they even had one.
0: Amazing. And amazing. Uh, it's- truly. And I know we overdo the underrated. Like, people know he's a great promo. Brother, I don't think he gets. I still don't think he gets ranked enough among the true greats. I awesome don't fan think fan he fan. does.
1: He's an all-time great. There's a great promo he cuts to, and hopefully we'll get to it um, on, on the Raw where he and Funk have that match uh, in May of 98 oh. too.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, hopefully we do get to that. It'll be fun. Oh, um, that's that's
1: right. He, he starts talking about the hardcore. There's another promo on September 12th of, of, of 95, the episode, where he talks about the, the hardcore wrestlers, Ray Stevens, Harley Race, Eddie Gilbert. Uh, dynamite kid, he says. Dynamite kids and a and and you know has has to piss in a pot and is is, is in a wheelchair. I wonder how many people, you know, yeah. or so, What I mean, it's, it's just it goes. How many people cried Freddie Gilbert? That's what he said. And that's it's, it's,
0: that's a real like the, the dynamite kid thing is definitely coming from a real fault of his. Like because he you know yeah. the, there was a lot of of influence there in the way he, he had to do it differently. He says right, but like the way he approached it, it's definitely. A whole lot of real emotions, as you said, packed into what mixed in, it. and it's brilliant, it's all time great stuff. Um, okay, elsewhere, we are, we have Sandman Mikey Whitbrook, famously a, a, a tag team draftee of yours here a few uh, just a few months ago. Mikey, he's he's doing a program with Sandman. Um, where are we on this one? Is, is this good, bad, somewhere in between?
1: Big, great, great, great program. This is basically building Mikey up in this, you know, he's it's it's his big push. Um, Sandman's been kind of like the big champion for a while since, since the, you know, he's, he's been, you know, of course, woman's his, his, his mm-hmm. manager is outstanding woman's a great manager. Um, and they do like some Singapore cane matches. Uh, of course, there's a famous match where Mikey loses and he gets caned a bunch of times. And like the ref and the ring announcer are like, Oh, I'll take some of your, I'll take some of your cane shots. And Bill Alfonso's is not allowing it. Bill Alfonso is like, Oh yeah, we don't allow it. He has to take these, he has to take all the caning. And like, there's a bunch of wrestlers that are coming out trying to take it for him, including like Marty Janetti and like stuff. It's just, it's great stuff, man. This, this peak poly booking, just great. Um, so uh, Mikey gets a big win at his Paradise the main event. Big splash on the cage with Sandman. That match is ridiculous, but it's kind of a hoot. At one point, Sandman suplexes a table onto somebody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's it's, it's total etw brawling horseshit in the arena, but it's 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 kind of fun for what it is. They have this overwrought and long entrance where sandman, the typical sandman entry, comes out and blows smoke and woman looks, glazes into the camera, and he's just sitting up on the cage and drinking and it's just you know. Um but yeah, this 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 feud is great. Of course, Austin will get involved eventually, but um yeah, it's 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 a really good feud. They're they're building um November to remember was your biggest show at the time, I think um so they're building to that uh big time here um you know dreamer versus basically cactus and raven a dreamer has to find a partner and of course we'll get that in october um mikey and sandman for a big touch ti- you know they're, they're having title matches all over the place but eventually you know they're, they're they're building to the big one um taz and two cold scorpio are in a feud. Um. So I mean, you know, there's 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 all kinds of stuff going on, um, as 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 they're building to November to remember.
0: With that in mind, <clears throat> I have here as a note. My <clears throat> Not bad. Um, Taz is is kind of making that slow ascent, and also you saw you noted about the um, in the news today. Unfortunately, Bubba and Devon, right, and they're kind of before. Talk a little about those two at this point. I know Taz is further along in that process, mm-hmm. right? So,
1: <clears throat> Bubba and Devon are are both not here yet. Okay, there you go. so Bubba is just about to debut. He debuts in October. Devon does not debut until April of ninety six. Oh um, so <clears throat> basically, with the Dudleys, it's just Big Dick. Uh, oh, of course, uh, yes, I understand that. Go ahead. Dances with Dudley, you know those guys. Uh, um, a lot of people forget that Bubba and Devon
0: mm-hmm.
1: don't come along till very, basically, the very end. Uh, the only, you know, the only Dudley that really comes after them is Spike. Um, I mean, technically, you know, Gertner's a part of the
0: right.
1: part of the group, but that's sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So I mean, you know. We're 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 almost a bubba. Uh, as far as Taz goes, he's cut all of his hair off, so he's got well, he's not bald yet, but he's got he's got like his little crew cut. He's still getting over his neck injury, um, so he's not doing a lot of heavy lifting in his matches, and he's barely he's barely working at all in a lot of his matches. Um, just you know, just just doing stuff here and there. Um, and of course, it's a neck injury that would eventually if you watch the ECW stuff, he's not, he, he, he kind of builds to his big matches. and doesn't work a lot of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he's, he's similar to Austin and even Austin worked, you know, cause I mean, Austin went crazy for like a year in one. And I think that probably ended up being a mistake. Yeah. Um, But <clears throat> Taz never really did that. I mean, he, you know, he had stuff like the Bam Bam few where they're going through the stage and shit, but like, and don't get me wrong. There were some crazy spots in those matches. Right. Um, but even, but like, you know, the point we're at now, Taz is not doing much. He's just, he's kind of in a feud, you know, with the TV title with two cold Scorpio, Jason, of course, was his old, I think his old manager. Um, so he's come back to ECW and I forgot to note, we get the debut of, uh, I believe at this show or, or later, I th- it's the debut of the eliminators, with Perry Saturn, and John Kronos. Mm -hmm. Um, which of course is kind of a big deal because the eliminators were a quintessential top four tag team of ECW for their peak period Um, of course perry saturn went on to have a fairly successful career at least in wcw wwf maybe not so much um but uh yeah so they 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 debuted around this time uh the steiners of course were, were were taz's buddies and Man, there's a Scott promo that is just incredible, but I think it's in October. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I can't remember, but he talks about have I, I'll just say it now. Screw it, Shawn Michaels and he see he's talking about how Shawn Michaels and and Jason and somebody else should have a feminine match, and have a you know just typical Scott Steiner promo and
0: incredible. It's just
1: makes no sense. it's just it never did, really did
0: it. It was <laughs> <laughs> um
1: but yeah, so there's the, you know this was this was a big month for ECW, man. Like I I totally I cuz I'm pretty sure the eliminators debuted uh on I think it was on Gangster's us right after. I mean, we're we're you know, we're, we're right around that time.
0: Right. So the income and um, talent is crazy, man. Oh, it's, it's, it's insane, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. Yes, that's one thing that stands out about about this era. Now, before we we put a bow on ECW, you have a note here that was the one that I separated from the pack, and I said I need to give this separate time because this popped me so much. JT Smith believes he's Italian. Actively popped me in a way that like I didn't, I wasn't, <laughs> I was okay. prepared for. Contextualize okay, so Listen,
1: listen. <laughs> the only time it's ever worked in wrestling. Where you book someone for being and, and and they're supposed to be bad, it's JT Smith. Oh, Only Paul Lee can do that and find somebody to do it. So the deal with JT is um he fucked up a spot in a match with Hack Myers in the summer of 95 where he faced planted on a tope. And the, being ACW arena, you fucked up, you fucked up, they all fucking busted his balls for it. So, and he had like a huge knot on his head and everything. So Paulie's idea was to just go, oh, fuck it, let's just make that a gimmick, and make it a thing. So, <clears throat> the gimmick is that the knot on his head gave him, fucked his head up. Now, <clears throat> he is a black man. Okay. This is 1995, ECW. Consider that. He is a black man who believes he is Italian now because he face-planted. And now he goes into his matches and deliberately botches spots all the time. It's hilarious. Oh. It's great. It's great wrestling. Um, and he comes out with this huge, enormously overweight guy named Sal Puccio who's coming to the ring eating cannolis. <laughs> and it's like his... It's like his you know it's like his mob boss or whatever yeah. or and he's going out and doing the you know yeah. totally stereotypical because i mean they're in philadelphia they're in south philadelphia so there's a large italian population and it's it gets incredible heat and the crowd eats it up and he's got this long undercard with heck myers and i enjoy every bit of it <laughs> uh unironically i legit think it's great stuff it fits perfectly with the ecw deal it's hilarious the FBI, of course, when it eventually becomes the full-blooded Italians, right. with JT and you know James Meritato, A.K.A. A.K.A. Little Guido gets involved. Tracy Smothers, uh, Tommy Rich. Oh my God! The FBI is one of the great groups in wrestling history. Um, just a great comedy undercard group. Good, good workers. I mean, JT wasn't all that great, but I mean, as a character, he was outstanding. Um, <laughs> just, just one of the little neat undercard things you would get from Paulie at the time just you know i mean today it would be considered i mean i mean a big sign reading cancelled and huge letters would be put on yeah. it now but i mean it's just you know and and, and understandably so but I, I i won't lie i get i get very much enjoyment out of it that's um, fair
0: yeah i think it's you know it's one of those deals right where it's like you know we've context <laughs> It's one thing, but I think we also realize. Oh, well, um, maybe some of that stuff make to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's fun bullshit <laughs> wrestling. Um, now before we move on here, let's, let's just wrap up the month with a, you know, overall, it sounds like this is a hell of a time for you. I you mean, know, this was a hell of a month, fair to say. Oh, absolutely, man. There's so
1: much going on. Austin coming in, the Luchadors coming in, the 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 Dreamer Cactus feud heating up. Um. You know, which of course furthers Dream of Raven feud, which is the biggest feud in the whole company. Public enemy Gangsters. The Eliminators are there now. I mean, it's it's you know you've even got fun stuff with JT Smith on the undercard, and Taz is starting to become a you know mm-hmm. we're getting the Taz deal. Of course, the the Bill Alfonso Todd Gordon thing is still you know a, a a big deal. Oh, also worth pointing out, Francine is is also around now. She 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 got involved at Gangsters Paradise. Okay. Cat fight with Beulah. So she oh. was she you know she's Stevie Richards' ex-girlfriend. That's how she debuted Francine. So um that's 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 probably worth noting. She she'll she will she will be a pivotal character going forward, I think.
0: Yep. we will win many of those catfights, too. We were- <laughs> and with <Yeah>. that, um <laughs> let's move to I think our favourite, you know, in terms of just as, just being dumb old fans, WCW pops us most. If you, if you listen to Late Night Green at latenightgrin.com, you'll know that sometimes the full fire of the Late Night Green is just light a regular tour over at WCW. This is the month of Full Brawl. More than that, it's the first month of WCW Nitro. Full Brawl is a show that truly encapsulates the eras, like, not eras too strong, but like this time and how weird it is, is perfectly captured by Full Brawl. In that, like, there's good, but like the overarching picture is such that you know it's so a non WCW it feels, and this is the least WCW War Games match to this point. By far. I mean they kind of they test that going forward because it kind of gets worse as it goes, but this one is this is a brutal. It's maybe the worst War Games, frankly.
1: Um, I will I will briefly defend. Oh no, the '96 match. I like that match. Oh, that's fair, yeah. Um, but it's not a War Games match. It's I like right. it's wonderful storytelling, but it's not a war games match. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this was this show was. Do we want to talk about war games match right now, or just or just, let's, just the whole thing in general?
0: So let's do this. So let's start with. Let's do war games, and let's tie this in with with your best angle. And I think it's a a fitting choice. Luger is in, you've got the, and I think this, you know, credit this before we get to the mm-hmm. match. And I love some of the stuff they do in terms of like the shades of gray with the four baby faces with Savage, I think is wonderful in those segments, you know, and Sting yeah. trust Luger. And, so you have that, let's talk about that dynamic. And then ultimately the match, unfortunately, but let's just start with mm-hmm. that. Cause that's the big picture of the promotion. Luger's yeah, so, in and all that's happening. No,
1: go ahead. So, you know, originally it was Hogan, Sting, Savage, and Vader. Well, Vader leaves. Yes. Um, Oh, gosh, what was the reason he left for?
0: you remember? Paul Wendorf punched him in the face.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. The Paul Ondorf brawl. That's correct. Um, duh. I, I, I was popping myself laughing at that. I think it I had been coming. The other week.
0: I think it had been coming, to be honest, don't you? When you when yeah. you hear people talk about it, it feels like he had been kind of
1: yeah, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. Um, so <clears throat> Luger's debut is great because, like, they just sort of pan over to him and like you get like the big train store in the background yeah and it's just this great imagery (laughs) of like the mall of america i just imagine like lex Luger's out shopping you know yeah and just and and you know jerry seinfeld's pirate jack you know pirate shirt and uh he's that that photo of him On on the aisleway with the big train store in the background is one of the great wrestling photos of all time. It just sort of encapsulates the the time period, encapsulates the moment. Mm -hmm. Like they're in the fucking Mall of America, (laughs)
0: and he's wearing that fucking that top that he has on.
1: Yes, yes, the Jerry, yeah, 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 the uh, the Jerry Seinfeld pirate (laughs) or pirate, pirate shirt. Just, just classic stuff. Um, they immediately get the dynamic just right interesting like hogan's is typical like self self-aggrandizing like yeah self stings defending luger savage is great you're right he's just yes. like you know he doesn't trust him you know he doesn't trust luger it's it's you know which we end up getting this this really good savage luger feud mm-hmm. um, that you know carries out on a nitro over the next couple of months um but yeah, it's just it's really good stuff and you know eventually Luger agrees to be a part of the team and and just the just the dynamics really good and of course we'll end up getting you know we you know we you know, the, the big question is where's you know where's Luger's allegiance yeah. they do the angle where uh Hogan and Savage get attacked by the Dungeon Doom but they don't touch Luger and there's right. questions there and it's it's done so well and this is going back to the bookers of the time Sullivan's really good at subtleties. Mm-hmm. That was his strength. Um, you know, we talked about Heyman's being putting all these things into one. Sullivan's was subtlety, right? Yeah, certain little things that happen in segments, details. Excellent at it, right? Like, and and of course, over time he gets exhausted and lazy, and the subtleties start to yeah. He's one strip of fight yeah. and, also, yeah. and also become. Sort of confusing too. Mm-hmm. Things start to make less sense, but <clears throat> at this time, even with the Dungeons and Doom stuff, which was crap, right? He this this was this was a good example of how that type of booking works, right? Particularly with you, the main cast of characters, these big stars, and how that sort of dynamic works, and the characters, and and how they're keeping to their character. Savage, it, it, it's not out of character for Savage to be that way. It's not out of character for Hogan to be, you know, it's not out of character for Sting and Luger, so on and so forth. Um, really good booking at the top, um, at least week to week on TV. Um, the match itself, uh, if we want to go ahead and jump to that. Go ahead. I, you know, it wasn't a War Games match. It was, <sighs> didn't they, I think, didn't the babyfaces have the advantage? In this.
0: I don't the only thing I remember from this is when he comes in and throws the fucking Hogan does oh, yeah, that, yeah. the dirt like he's in on
1: for fucking slaughter. Um, god I hate him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will
1: say this Sting and Sting and Tenta had a fairly decent little opening. I mean it wasn't yes. it wasn't great or anything, but Sting always worked hard at the time and and Tinta, I actually think did his best they, you know they did they, they did a cool spot where he got like jumped up on the ropes and got caught in between and sting was like kicking mm-hmm. him and so you know i mean they they, they did a couple of neat spots sting was the best guy in the match i mean i'm not saying that because staying or whatever I, I just think he was um I you know i think savage and luger were there to just luger works hard a lot but i think 96 he really starts to get his legs yes. going and works and looks really good um Hogan's just throwing salt and doing all this horse shit. um, You know, if the match wasn't good, then they do the deal where the big angle, okay? This is big. So he's up there and, you know, he's he's finally got Sullivan in the cage because that's the gimmick, right? So they got, he's got five minutes with Kevin Sullivan. And they do this hilarious thing where like (laughs) Sullivan tries to leave and Doug Dellinger, who's like my favorite, like, peripheral WCW character of all time, is like, is like shitty at his job, but great. Yes. And he's like, okay, like, I got to get you <laughs> and, and, and like Dillinger's like, you know, whisking Solomon back in yeah. the ring and he gets back in there. And Hogan's finally got his hands on him and they're doing all this shit. And <laughs> Giant comes out. God bless Bobby Heenan, but every time the Giant comes out, I yeah. this
0: free, fo, fum. It's bad, man. Every <laughs> time, it's bad.
1: Every time the giant comes out, I got to hear that shit from Bobby. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: they do the famous thing where he, you know, basically breaks Hogan's neck and you know does the neck twist or whatever. Yes, Tony Schiavone's, you know, freaking out on commentary and, and the whole ordeal. Um, not the best piece of business.
0: Well. Listen folks, I can promise you this much. I, I'm not the expert here, but in terms of the giant and Hulk Hogan just getting started, brothers, next month we'll <laughs> next month we'll plummet to lows that seemed unfathomable this time. I want to quickly go back because you mentioned it and the way you phrased it was was perfect. Sullivan's ability to kind of do compelling TV that had was basically built around four top baby faces. Against like a just a group of goons, basically, right? And like mm-hmm. that was challenge, man. And Savage, for all the pomp and circumstance, he was always able to be believable. What's fun about that stuff is though, you can tell. So, that so real... hold on,
1: real quick. Sorry to interrupt. So when did when did Sullivan get the book? Was it was it because Flair had it for a while, right? Yes, Flair didn't have it at this point, did he? I, I'm pretty no, sure. No, I it think Sullivan Sullivan did. By the time Nitro started,
0: he may so. have still been
1: had some hands on stuff, but.
0: Yeah, because it's cause they do committee at some point, right? And like when they start right. doing that is when Bischoff kind of realizes Sullivan should just be booking the show. Because that, right. you know, there was but um the the Luger stuff is fascinating because you know there's real shit going on there. Like hope there's the story of the first angle on the on the first night, because everyone forgets. We all remember that visual you were talking about, the classic where he's sending the art, but then late the show ends with the promo segment, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the story goes that when they went to the commercial, Luger just stopped. He, like, broke kayfabe. And he was kind of grinning and popping himself. And Hogan snatched him and said, you're taking money out of my pocket, brother, because he wasn't working while they were off camera. He, so there was a real... Hogan thought Luger was a phony top guy. He did not buy him as a top guy. He saw him as the guy they failed to replace me with, right? So there's a there's a real lot of... Weird, and then of course, when Savage was not allowed to be a full time wrestler, they were going with Luger as like the top baby face. I'm sure that was weird. Sting, in the most sting way ever, probably was the one that was really in the middle of it, being like, Hey man, Lex is cool, right? So it's believable because I think there's an awful lot of, of truth to it. Um, good TV, as you said, the match is. I mean, if you look at the lineup, it you know, you probably figure out what the match is. Um, now. Luger was not the only debut for WCW 1995. Two very different WCW runs. We have Sabu, who, of course, is not long for this territory. And this (laughs) grandfather, who, for better or worse, is very much long for it. He'll be there to the bitter end. Well, you know, a little gap in the middle. Um, Let's start with Sabu, because he's a hilarious run he has here. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so he just, (laughs) he comes in and they, you know, they bill him as, you know, just this crazy guy and, he gets a decent little video package because I think he worked a few C shows for a debut on Nitro, and and uh, comes in and has this fun little TV match with Ox, right? and mm-hmm. it's just he just wasn't a good fit, right? Like he just wasn't a good fit for WCW. Right. Um, they you know they would try with the ECW originals later on with with, with remember when Sandman came in as Hardcore Hack.
0: Indeed, yeah. With Mikey Whitbread, <laughs> I actually Whip-Rick. like some of
1: those, I actually like some Please. of those. Hack, I I like some of those hack hardcore matches. Um, That's fair. fair. The
0: Mikey Whitbread run is just.
1: God bless him.
0: Yeah, God bless him. There you go.
1: Yeah, he tried, but it just he wasn't did. a good fit for Mikey. Um, <clears> but uh, yeah, this this savvy room is just it's sort of ill fated, right? Like it's just yeah. wasn't gonna work. I, I don't think bischoff got the guy no, but i think he's not, so. he's not the easiest fellow to work with either yeah you no know, he's he's not the most professional guy in the world so <laughs> it was just never a marriage made in heaven by any means okay. I, know, I, think, I think he lasted two months i think the last show he worked was like havoc or something because then he shows up. I'm, i know he shows up in november to remember 95. In, in in the context here is it's important because they had the famous Promo by Paulie when he like no showed or whatever. Yeah, and Paulie came out and cut his like typical Heyman promo about sabu no showing.
0: <laughs> oh, of course, was Havocs in Detroit, right? So that's when yeah. he does the yeah. uh, oh fuck. All right, yeah, we'll yeah. get to that. Um Okay, <laughs> Uh as you mentioned, Vader is he? You know, we, we said why I'm laughing there. We're obviously going to talk about Vader some more here. Speaking of ill fated runs, he's got one quickly ahead of oh, yeah. him. So we'll get to that when time comes. Now let's get to the good.
1: Joe, we've lost Joe, folks. I'm, I'm back. You, I'm back. You're, back. you're back. You turned into Darth Vader for a second. I was concerned. God bless.
0: Okay. Imagine that. You just, you just sit there with your format and go, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, now, let's do the good here. Your best match of WCW September 95. Pillman. And a guy that I know you and I, we've we've kind of celebrated before. God bless him. Johnny B. Bad. One of the few reliable guys on these cards at the time. Uh Pillman, this is a big night for him. We'll get to the second half of it, but let's start with the match. This is not the outlier that folks may, you know, the, the folks may like he has a lot of these matches where they're just damn good pro wrestling. And Pillman, of course, you know, it's a it's a pretty important month for him. So let's talk about this one a little bit. Brian Pillman, Johnny Be Bad. Go ahead.
1: I don't know what the deal was with this, but they had Buffer come out and announce him. And I know it was a number no one contenders match for the U.S. title, right? Right. When it gets face sting. But these dudes went out here and fucking busted their ass and did all yes. sorts of shit and put together an awesome match. It's a lot of people argue it's the last great Brian Pillman match, and it might be. Yeah. Great match. I mean, they just kept. I mean, it was just they had like the, you know, they went down to the wire and then they did like overtime and like. Yes. It was just they were doing all sorts of stuff the crowd was eating. i mean it was just outstanding great great match and and bad and pillman both have tons of good offense bad has like multiple finishers so like you got some good kickouts like it was just it was a great great match um and 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 pillman even gets frustrated in there and starts to tease a little bit right what he's going to turn into later on um so, I mean, this was this was really the last, and it's a notable match because not only is it probably the last great Pillman match, it's the last, I mean, he was in Canadian Stampede, but he was marginal in that match in terms yeah. of his, 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 his performance. Right. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> it's the last match as the babyface Pillman, you know? Yeah. The one that we know, you know? Um, he had already changed his look by this point in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he, he, this is kind of the last flying Brian. This is the last of flying Brian, I think. Yeah. And, and it went out with a bang and I, and I think he knew that. Um, so I think he, he and Babbage were just like, let's just fucking go out and fucking kill it. And they did. Yeah. And one hell
0: of a match. Um, my favorite part of this month and you had it as his best promo. They shared this honor and Pillman as of course will be a part of this. Um, the On Anderson Ric Flair program, which for me is very much a glance at what could have been with On. I think in a lot of ways, and we're both On guys, but like he had a great career. But this is kind of a sight of who I think we we probably both believe he could have been a lot more like permanently, you know, like because mm-hmm. he gets a chance here, and this is what people forget, like of the finish they flip right but on very much feels like the baby face going in because rick's whole thing has been that he's just been losing his mind for the last year and change right? <laughs> hogan came in it's been chaos on is the baby face they flip it with the finish which we'll get into this first though start with the angle the program and the match and then we'll talk about pillman and, and that kind of direction so the match I, like I said, it's not a classic but it means it's probably not a top 25 rick flair match if i'm, if I'm being honest but God do I love it because it represents something. And that, you know, what right. it means in that building, it's it's a special mm-hmm. match. So go ahead. Yeah, so like
1: over the summer they were doing this deal where like you know Savage or Savage and, and Hogan, of course, teaming up and and you know, Flair and 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 Arn and Vader were kind of teaming up with the Dungeon of Doom to take on Hogan and Savage and um there's sort of some, you know, underlying issues start to happen with Flair and Arn in the tag match, and Flair's letting Arn do all the dirty work, and Arn takes it personally, and and uh, leads up to the handicap match at Clash of Champions, right, with Vader. Yep. And um, I think that's kind of the point where that's that's kind of the turning point, right? Um, then just the promos we get afterwards. It's funny they built this match mostly on the seashells. Yes. And they cut all these incredible promos about like brotherhood and friendship and just going down the road together. And just it's these guys. I mean, look, they they can they they're, they're kind of the you know they're the type of guys who fall out of bed and cut a great promo. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not hard for them. I mean, Arn's the greatest promo of all time, in my opinion. I've I've stated this before. Yep. Um, so I mean, but their promos are just incredible. I mean, they've got. Just even, just 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 watch the ones at Farball ninety five from both, you know before the match. Um, I think they they set like, Arn or Flares is like earlier in the show before the ma- like well before the match, and ones like right before. Um, yes, but and check those out. They're just,
0: I mean, Arne, it, it,
1: it gives you, you context.
0: Absolutely, and Arn is you can see how much it, at that moment means to him. And he has often said that that was like the most nervous he's ever been. I want to give a shout out and this will pop you. Is it Los on person only? Loss. Is it? loss? Yeah. He has a Twitter thread. I'm sure you've seen this. I'm sure he mm-hmm. said it over there too. I'm going to try and link this. It's an in-depth breakdown of the story of this feud. And to be quite frank and this I mean this is a compliment. I don't know if it meant this much to anyone that was booking it but I 100% believe the arm would, would pop at this. The idea that this was not the feud where a guy was finally lashing out after being jealous for so long, but instead on was simply doing what he felt was necessary to bring the, the, to get what was right back. You know, Rick had lost his way. This was the only way. This was the only way left to save this thing that he cared about so much. On Anderson never wanted to be the leader. He was the enforcer. He was the glue. I'll post the thread here in the chat. It is just brilliant. Um, And that's why this match is about more than the match, right? I think to guys like you and I that pop for this, for you know these stories, like it's really a great encapsulation of what that character was on Anderson. Uh, Where are you at on the match? Um, You know, it's it's a it's a good match, Mm -hmm. right? How high on it are you compared to kind of the normal? I don't
1: like it as much as others. I don't. I like it a lot more than others do. Right. I don't think it's really overrated. Like people think it's really underrated. I'm kind of Mm -hmm. in between. Um, That's fair. What I love about it is is how much Flair gives Arn. Yes, and how much that means when he gives it to him because it means so so much in the context of the story. Of like Flair, like Arn's over here outsmarting Flair, and like catching him off guard and doing all. I mean, it's just and like Flair's, of course knows Arn. It's just it's a great it's a great. Story of two best friends knowing one another and like first time facing off and then surprising one another because they know each other so well, and I don't. know, It's just just a given feed and flow of the match is really good and there's that great moment where 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 Arn counters the figure four mm-hmm. and it's really really meaningful. It's it's like it's the best spot of the match. Um, yeah,
0: it's 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 a cliche, but right. It's a love letter to. The promotion it used to be basically mm-hmm. which is hilarious because it's immediately followed by the absolute embodiment of what it's become <laughs> yeah <laughs> it and even the builds that way the build is so you know those guys they take it seriously it means a lot and it isn't a cartoon to them so it's it's really interesting i do recommend it to anyone that hasn't i mean i don't think it's my I don't think it's, like, my favourite arm performance by any means because that's just not what this match is to me, like, in terms of quality. Like, Arm's got a lot of great showings. This isn't it. Yeah. But it's probably his most famous singles match, right? Like, oh, I would say. So yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be. got to be. Yeah, and that's why it's, it, to me, is a slightly bigger because I just think, man, it's, you know, it's a shame we didn't get more moments like this. But nonetheless, the finish, the aforementioned Brian Pillman, uh interferes he's sitting in the crowd with a lot of the other wrestlers because they kind of frame it as the roster never thought this match would happen right which i love too great stuff They're yes. all sitting in the crowd great stuff great gives thing. it WCW would be great yeah absolutely and he gets involved in the finish which sets up the you know the the what's about to be the new four horse which of course hilariously will include flair we'll get to that next one for famous deal with havoc which we can talk about um What are your thoughts, and again, without going too far in October, and I know this is hard, but, like, what are your thoughts on that as a direction? Do you like this this with Pillman as the... I'm always... Pillman's great. I just... I don't know about this, man. I've never... The horseman thing never works, man. It's very short, right? It's brief, so maybe I'm being unfair, but I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: I enjoy the Pillman thing because, like, it's just... I've always liked the interactions he and Arn had because Arn was just like, <laughs> I feel like Arn was like, or shoot, annoyed with Pillman. Yes, so like, that, 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 that famous that, that famous segment where he slaps Pillman hard as shit. That had to be. <laughs> yeah,
0: the energy level was very different. Right, it's so a weird vibe. It's interesting. Yeah, it's... I, I it's it's it's, you know, I, I think the
1: last, the Horseman iteration that we get in 98 I like a lot personally because mm-hmm. because of the history building up to it and the program and stuff I think is a blast and I actually think that's in a lot of ways like I don't know it's like the Bischoff feud I love that feud all the way up yes. until the final Nitro 98 we've talked about that afterwards mm-hmm. it's completely falls off the rails um, yeah. but like I, I liked it, but I also do like this iteration I I, I really do truthfully Um, we'll get to it. The weakest horseman stuff I thought is when they had like the Jeff Jarrett deal, and they were like Jeff Jarrett wanted to be a horseman, and Flair wanted him to be one too, but Mongo didn't approve, and like Mm. all that shit right before Hennig came in, and they and they they sort of turned to that. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't I wasn't a fan of that, but um, this this iteration I don't mind, and of course the build to this is. You know, we'll we'll get to the promos with, with with flair and sting, and the match itself is just a classic moment, incredible. Um, but you know, we'll 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 get to that uh, soon. I think next yes. week, hopefully.
0: Okay, we got some title changes. Uh, DDP wins the TV title. American Males win the tags. Let's start with with DDP. Who I know we're both a fan. of. We talked about him ex- at length on the grin last week, right? Was it last week? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he's on his way, man. Little, little bit weight, little bit weight in left, but he's he's climbing. Uh, he's, talk he's a little bit about there, that, man. I, yeah. I, I think you know what's funny. This match actually wasn't that
1: bad. <laughs> right. Um, it, you know, it, it didn't ever say it's welcome, which always helps, right? It's fucking renegade. Um, but this was put together well. Um, they, 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 you know, it was it was inoffensive and. Goody is really starting to get over with the fans as a heel. And the stuff with Kimberly's well done with her. It's like, you know, his ring girl. And she's yeah. always makes those kind of cartoonist faces. But it works, right? When they like... I think Max Muscle's still with him here, which was just, you know, right. not not the greatest part. But, I mean, I get it. He had an entourage, whatever. Um, but he's he's getting there. And, and I think... When we get to the Johnny B. Bad feud, um, which which I'll go ahead and bring up since that actually happened on a Saturday night, I didn't watch that, but I've seen the angle before where Johnny B. Bad misses his US title shot, the one that he beat Pillman for on this show, Mm -hmm. because he gets four flat tires. Incredible (laughs) piece of business, by the way. (laughs) he's talking about his flat tire and he misses his title match and DDP shows up and interrupts him and is making fun of him and goes, "Talk. I'm sorry you had four flat tires. And Johnny Vett <laughs> goes, how do you know it was four flat tires? <laughs> punches him. And then they proceed to have like a four-month feud over Kimberly. Indeed, and yes. Although most of their matches are good. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're we're kind of, this is a really good starting point not only because of you know, obviously Nitro beginning and stuff, but you know, we, you know, we'll, we'll get to see the rise of Taz and DDP and and stuff yep. like that. So like it, it's it's
0: it's a really it kind of things kind of aligned in a perfect way in a lot of ways. Uh, the the owners of the greatest theme song in wrestling history, the American Males, are the tag team champions here, and an, inc- an all time wrestling theme for all the wrong reasons. Uh, this because you have the deal here. This is where they do the title change on Nitro, right? Mm-hmm. And you have. Harlem Heat have got this ongoing, and you noted it in it popped me in, <laughs> because it is ongoing, certainly. The you know the Colonel Parker, Sherry, that whole thing. So let talk me, a little bit to that.
1: Okay. So first of all, let me make it clear. The Colonel Parker and Sherry storyline starts in the summer of ninety-five. Okay. It ends in about, oh, I don't know, right before Starcade ninety six. So <laughs> it's about 18 months of this. Um
0: so, uh,
1: this is, this is going to be an ongoing thing. Although a lot of it happens on the C shows, but I'm just excited for Clash of the champions. Uh, just, you know, that's, that's a good one. Um, but, and, uh, we'll, we, you know, we'll be getting to that eventually. Um, but you know, their wedding angle or whatever, yep. but, uh, yeah. So <sighs> basically, They sort of, it's a it's a Sullivan booking thing where like, they sort of t. It's like a it's like a is is Sherry, are they really in love or are they just trying to like make have distractions in order for their team to win? And it's like, but at the same time you you know it's just (laughs) oh god a fall brawl when 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 Slater because I think Slater and. and, Slater and, and Buck lose the tag belts or whatever to Harlem Heat. Or maybe Harlem Heat already had the belts. Yeah. And they do a promo, and Parker's all like disheveled and, you know, all this stuff, sweating profusely like he does. He's always sweating,
0: always.
1: And pro giving him a promo. It's just hilarious. Um, but so the next night on Nitro, Harlem Heat, you know, uh, it's supposed to be the Blue Bloods versus. The American Males. Harlem Heat beats up Bobby Eaton. Um, Regal's not there, um, which is probably why they did a switch, whatever. Um, I don't know what the story is behind that.
0: Maybe
1: but American males come out, or, or you know, or they're already out, so they you know, Harlem Heat cuts a promo and they have a match matched the American Males, and it's not really certain whether or not their titles are on the line, but they but but they said in word that they would agree to it. And so, um, basically Robert Parker comes down and Sherry and her make out again. And that distracts Harlem heat and they get pinned. And, and there's a whole thing where like, well, is, is, is that legal? And Mongo and all them, is that legal, all this stuff. And everybody's like, well, we have to talk to the executive committee. First of all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Since we're going to be doing this thing, what the fuck is a WCW executive committee? No one knows. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they
1: you know, always go to that. Have you noticed that? They always went to that. That the the executive committee. I always think of it in Mike Danay voice. I always
0: <laughs> doing the really serious face too. You know the classic tonight. When what what happened to tag team wrestling in WCW Oracle? When did it become consistently bad? Like pay per view matches because we're in. That's underway by now. That era it's is dire, firm, man.
1: It's dire. It's bad. Um, Harlem Heat is cool, no question. Yes. And Booker will always be there. Dude, Booker will always do an awesome spot every match. I swear to God he will. Yeah. But Stevie, who I like... I like the personality of Stevie Ray, but the boy, when he comes in those ropes... God bless the man.
0: I think destruction is a big part of it too, man. Happy for him, he like,
1: got that ring, but my God.
0: I just... So many of their matches that the decision is to like let them have like a seven-minute heat segment and Stevie just like sits in a hold. It's like <laughs> at least do like a big brawl, you know. They could do oh, – I don't know, it's strange. Uh, yeah. It's a shame. It's a it's... real issue for them at this time on pay-per-views. Like yeah. their matches are always bad. It's, um, it's bad. Final couple notes here. Uh, Paul Orndorff, the, the man that sent Vader packing from the territory, becomes Mr. Wonderful um let's start with that
1: go ahead that segment was yeah incredible most of those uh, segments
0: were yes it was just, <laughs>
1: it was in this, and first of all it lasts like five or six minutes it's on it goes mm. on and on and on Gary Spivey like shows up who's like the sidekick famous sidekick gimmick in like the 90s or whatever all-time great hair um and he's um all-time bad hair probably um but he's like You're you're Mr. Wonderful. He just it's just this whole deal and <laughs> the music that he comes out to is incredible that he comes up to that <laughs> natural the next night. Yes. They call me Mr. Wonderful
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's,
0: Amazing stuff.
1: Oh geez.
0: Yeah. This is interesting. Um okay, finally, and this is very famous stuff, so this won't be surprised to anyone. Bischoff giving the results away. You no, get yeah. straight to it, brother. No time to waste, yeah. you know? Let's get to yep, it. Yep,
1: yep. First week Raw's back on. Second nitro. Oh, Shawn Michaels beats a big guy with super kicks that look that the that, that wouldn't pass for a for, for oh. so wouldn't pass for a yellow belt or some other some lame line he he, yeah. he says.
0: Local YMCA. Yeah, that's what there. it was. Local
1: YMCA, yeah. thank you.
0: <laughs> God bless him, man. It's them, it's them guts <laughs> we were talking about. He had balls, man. Dude, would, if nothing, he swung for the fences. Okay, now this is a big... This topic fascinates me. So this is the first month of Nitro. I love this stuff, even though I know it's flawed, because it just pops me, right? That, that happens. Mm-hmm. My question to you, rather than just saying, was it a success or not? How did they do... In relation to Bischoff's alleged criteria of cutting-edge, believable storytelling, because there is some good, but man, when you start getting into the giant, which is about to come up, and make be a lot worse in next month. Like, what would you say? What how would you kind of conclude the first four weeks of WCW Nitro? Well,
1: I think it became true with the with the four main characters, at least with in yes. terms of the subtle, you know, character. Traits and stuff. I think that was really well done. <laughs> the production's outstanding. Nitro production, smoke's raw well production. And it did the, the the night like nitro production. Man, it's so good. Like the way they produced it, outstanding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, always like the look of it. Always like the way it was produced. Always like the camera work. Everything was just so 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 well done. Um you know, they still gave time for good matches, usually once a week. You know, they at least they gave the you know, they gave people a chance to have one. Yeah. People didn't always hit it out of the park, but there was always an opportunity there, even on the hour shows. Because I think Bischoff knew that was still WCW's right. bread and butter was to have good matches, and that was the what the fans expected in WCW. Um some people think that's BS. That's not BS. WCW fans were a real thing. Yeah. They expected to see good wrestling. If they didn't, they were going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they were going to reject that. Uh, just look at Hogan, because he's already getting booze around this time. They were already tired of his shit. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, you got that. But the Dungeon of Doom stuff, like, it's just. <sighs> no. Like. This shit. Here's the thing. They try to make it work because Hogan's out after getting the neck crank spot for two weeks. (laughs) They build him up, coming back to Denver, and, you know, he cuts this ridiculous promo the next week, and we'll get that in October. And then eventually he, you know, goes into all black, and it's just, it's, it's a fascinating time. Um, so I think there's truth to Bischoff's comment, but I also think that they're yeah. in, in fairness to him, I don't think it was ever gonna be perfect right out of the gate. I think you kinda sure. had to I think for I think it was about finding that you know, eventually when the NWO showed up, they found it. Mm-hmm. But it took it took them a while. Um, but in terms of the main event players and stuff, I think they had a good start.
0: Yeah. You can see the roots, right, of what will become the norm. Um, okay. Let's conclude here with the WWF. Uh, they have got their event this month is In Your House Free, the triple header deal with the, uh, you know, Yoko and Owen were supposed to be Owen versus Sean and Diesel. All of the belts, three belts, one match. Um, and it, this stuff is, and again, we talk about the time. We're not doing modern here. This year is so interesting as like a parallel to some of the stuff you see today. It's really interesting, man. Like when you watch some of the stuff they do here and how how, how out of touch it is with the audience watching, it's hard not for my brain to be like, man, <laughs> like, there's some stuff repeats itself, you know. But let's start with the the event selling point, the main event, the one I just referenced, Free Belt's one match. Sean and Diesel. Uh, Yo, know, let's talk about that whole deal and you know we'll, we'll kind of elaborate piece by piece, but I mean, it's a marquee match, right? For what they've got at the time, it's a big deal. Focus on the execution, which obviously isn't quite what we expected. Go ahead. Um,
1: Diesel's promos are funny. Mm-hmm. The one who's like, well, Chaps was something. That, that was amusing. Yes. Um, you know, I I got to give Nash credit. He just played himself his whole career. Um Frustrating. The Owen Yoko tag team is so good, dude. Every match I've seen of theirs in this project has been good.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: this. I mean, the, 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 this tag main event itself was good. You know, with 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 Davy Boy replacing him. Right. I don't know what the story is about that, but I don't know why they did what they did. Um, because Owen obviously shows up and then gets mm. pinned, and they have to reverse the decision, and they bring in Clarence Mason, and we'll get to that. We will. Um, <laughs> but, uh. uh yeah, like it's it's weird because then the Owen and Yoko have a great match with the smoking guns. That yes. match is excellent, by the way. I they're, love it. They're they're God, they're good. Owen and Yoko are so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, but so honestly, for me, I was bummed. You know, I've seen this show before, but I, you know, I'm I'm still bummed that Owen yeah. didn't work this match. You know, I'm like, oh mm-hmm. man, Owen, Owen you know, had, had, had pretty good chemistry with Sean and, and, you know, um, it's just like, dang, man. But I mean, they had the whole th- deal where like Doc Hendricks was like in Gorilla Monsoon's office, the whole show. And like, on it, <laughs> like, Hendrix, Cornette, like <laughs> about like how, what to do. And, you know, they eventually get David boy in there and the match is a lot of fun. The match is actually pretty good. Um, It's just the finish is just stupid. Owen shows yeah. up, jumps off the top rope, gets punched in the gut and gets, and then eats the jackknife and like, you know, just weird. I, I don't know yeah. what the story is on that. It's bizarre. I wonder if they were trying to get it. I wonder if they, I wonder if they got cold feet and decided not to give all the three belts and they just decided to find a loophole to get out of it.
0: But What's weird is though, they do a tag title change anyway, as you referenced and we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they were like, we want to keep the belts on Yoko and Owen, right? It's, it's weird. I don't know. Um, Now, <laughs> Speaking of Bulldog, you know, mentioned he he steps in here. You you had in the notes about his push. And this is like this little stretch here, man, he's like kind of the top heel. <laughs> like he's and they they it's not a oh we'll heat him up for this match or that match. Like it's a sustained run here where he's featured in, you know, the cornet faction and stuff. And we'll talk about cornet specifically in the moment, but let's start with, with Bulldog and this one of the stronger pushes of his of his uh third to fifth career.
1: This is this is probably the strongest push you ever yeah. got, right? Like he was cons- he was pretty much a main event player. Really, from this point up until that teased Austin feud he was supposed to have at King Ring 97. Or, or was it Mania 97? Or was it I think it might have been Mania 13 or something? It was right. right around that point. Um no, it was it was it was Mania 13, because so I think it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be Brett and Sean and Austin and Pillman yes. at King of the Ring ninety seven, and they had to switch yes. it up. Um because yeah, it was it was supposed to be Austin and Bulldog of Mania. That's that's what it was. Yep. And so, then what, smiles what,
0: were lost and yep. plans changed.
1: Yep. Um yeah, yeah, and uh just like when Sean and Brett got in a fight backstage and plans changed for King of the Ring. Yep. So um <clears throat> but yeah, like um this was an interesting push. I don't think it really worked. Sadly for him, um, we will get to it. I'm, that's the next show on my on my dock. <laughs> Gotta watch it. Um, Sorry, to hear it, that problem is, <laughs> is, is is in your house, Great White North. That's my next show. Yeah. and that's the main event of Diesel and Bulldog, which is like the main event that famously had Vince McMahon losing his fucking shit yeah. afterwards. I think that killed I think that killed it. I mean, like he got to stick around and had still had big matches and stuff. I mean, he obviously had the Brett match at, at the December in your house yeah. and and had the Sean feud in the spring of ninety six. But poor he just part I don't think it was all his fault, you know. Um it was just a bad time to be the top heel in this company.
0: Yeah.
1: What a bad draw, you know. Just just um bad period for i mean just a bad period altogether bad period for business mm-hmm. you know you got a few with baby face diesel not not yeah. ideal um, rough 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 situation i think i think he got thrown a he got thrown a bone but it was a bone that you might not want to take fair. um uh, i'm maybe i'm being a little bit too fair to the guy cuz he no, has like but but he you know it was it was it was it was a tough one you know and and there was some good that came out of that i really like the build with the brett match in in the match you know and and, and and we'll get to that here probably pretty soon but right. um just I, I think it was a kind of a bad luck situation more than
0: anything that's fair now uh, one guy that um doesn't have to hang his head wondering what could have been his corner who is sw- he's doing everything he can right and like we talked those this from the grim if you hate Jim Cornette, you have very good reason to. We get it. We're talking about the wrestling character in 1995, and he is—he's trying, brother. He's trying everything he can. Like he's those guys. He took a lot of investment in trying to get those guys as over as they could. But obviously, they were all over to an extent before this even happened. But talk about Cornette. He won best promo here on on your um, on the format. The Clarence Mason deal—you can get into that some. His month because he's a—I mean—central character on the show, especially this month.
1: Oh yeah, he's. <sighs> He's such a good promo at this time still. Um, He talked me into being excited for the triple header tag because his promo, he just, there's nobody. I've never, he's one of these people who just, he talks so fast, but he never sputters. It's, it's Mm -hmm. incredible. It's like, you know, I'm fumbling on my words three fourths of the time (laughs) on this damn show. I mean, this guy's like out here just spewing out all kinds of shit and it makes sense. And it's, Piping up the match and it's just great. Um, The Clarence Mason deal. So we 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 talked about it. (laughs) So it's important to note that the O.J. Simpson trial and and the final verdict occurs in the first week of October 1995. And O.J. Simpson's one of his key lawyers was Johnny Cochran, black man. Um, so. Vince and company figure it best to figure their way out of the loophole of this tag title situation that they seems like they didn't want to give the two guys all three major belts, so they have Jim Cornette as a, as a heel hire a black man by the name of Clarence Mason. He's a character lawyer. And he's able to argue that the Davy Boy Smith was the, or the British Bulldog was the legal man in the match and, and the legal tag champion. Therefore, the Owen pinfall does not count. And Owen and Yoko are the tag champs still. And then Grilla Monsoon was, well, therefore, you're going to have to face the spoken guns for the tag yes. titles and then it a whole deal, whatever. So... <clears throat> I mean, it's typical, and I'll go ahead and bring it up, and I'll bring it up when we get to October. But there's a whole show where, yeah, like, oh, it's just, it's not, it's like, oh, Jerry Lawler's like cheering for OJ. And, it's insane, man. Vince is like, he's, he's guilty, and all this. <laughs> it's all like, and it's just, it's just,
0: it's like, incredible.
1: It, the whole thing is just, Let's just face it. I'll be blatant. I don't care if it's a free stream. It's totally subtle racism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe not so subtle. Yeah, um, I don't know. Subtle so is probably generous. On, on Vince's side. Um,
0: but it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting time. It's
1: it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. And, and by the way, that's the kind of stuff that Vince was trying to do to get ratings too.
0: Yes. Yeah. The, the, the next week, as you referenced, is the most like that's outrageous right when they have the graphic yeah <laughs> give get your yes. call in now folks um you mentioned him quickly so I'll bring up now gorilla is is on screen president uh a grin or a grimace for you brother? are you, are you in or out on on gorilla here in this role oh grin yeah.
1: I like gorilla um but like him here more than on commentary
0: Ooh. or he-
1: Okay. And, I, and like I, I like Roland commentary, but his his bearing of the wrestlers—it's funny out yeah. in a vacuum. But when you're watching shit and stuff, it gets annoying after a He's while. He's
0: very divisive as an announcer, very very divisive. Right, so I get it. I get it. Um, you mentioned the match earlier. I'm glad you like it as much as I do. The Smoking Guns winning the tag titles—another one of those. Great finish like, too. How great is that finish? It's, oh, just excellent. It's the dumbest thing ever because like everyone watching this probably knows, but Yoko has that cell right, like the cell, the Yoko Zuna cell, and it isn't novel and it isn't like individual to him. A lot of big men do the stagger and the, but because of the way that he was built, like he truly had this deal where he would get the people biting on him like teetering right, and that's you know. Mm-hmm. At this point, physically, like Yoko's, he's already lost a handful of steps, right? Like, I mean, when he comes back and they win these belts, you can see like your yeah, Owen's gonna have to do all the work, but he has such an aura that it's worth it. It's, it's time worth is still work. there too. Exactly, it's and impressive. this match is—is is this the best smoking smoke guns match, Oracle? What do you think?
1: I'm not entirely familiar with this stuff, but it, it might be. You've,
0: you, right. you you may have seen a little bit more than I have, but they they they—it's they, quite good. Yes. Yeah, it's a standout. Um hard to not kind of you know I said about on about what could have been. I wish, you know, things could have worked out differently with not just this team, but Yoko in general, because we're winding down here, bro. I mean he sticks around in terms of like contractually, but or there ain't he's, a lot he's there, soon you know?
1: to be turning baby face here in the next couple of months, I believe. Yeah. So
0: and then they just they consistently actively send him like messages on TV about losing. Like, it's brutal, right? Like it's a shame.
1: It, but it's hard. Yeah, it's harsh.
0: But that's, that's a tremendous match and, you know, a standout for, for WWE. Anything on um, kind of what we're, you know, Smoking Guns is tag champs, obviously. Tag champs in WWF as we learn every week still to this day, it can be a challenge. But on this night, it feels important. And it's a surprise, too. It's an organic it's surprise to people. Tag
1: Wrestling WWEF was actually pretty good during New Gen. Smoking Better than the other best, side, right? Ironically. But, yeah. but, you know, they, 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 were, they were fine. They won the belts an awful lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, during this period, you know, pretty over. Um not my favorite, but not my least favorite.
0: Yeah. That's fair. Um Hill Factions, Cornet's guys are not the only one. We've got the, the DBRC's million dollar corporation. Yeah. Um a infamous is the word, right? Not not a not a run that's remembered fondly. <laughs> Talk a little bit about their role here in September ninety five.
1: Well, they're sort of dying off in a way. Good. I mean, they're still sort of like the the main the main heel faction, but really, it's more, mostly it's Oni Yoko are the main heels now. Yeah, and you know, Bulldog too.
0: Cornet is just so much better. Than yeah, the it's Camp right? Cornet's it's... the
1: main. The the, the, yeah. the they're the main heels. Um, the Million Dollar Corporation are just. Ugh. it's just. Oh, it's like everything about it is just cartoonish and lame and, yeah. like, and like i like sid you know obviously he's not obviously he's, ring work was never his forte but it's just they had been going on and on for 18 months at this point and it was it was time you know of course yes. they brought austin in and he was the last sort of gasp of them and that didn't work out and mm-hmm. you know but
0: yeah, it's, it's interesting. What's fun about this too is like how many of these names we're talking about are, are going to jump at some point in the next couple of years? It's wild, right? Like, it's, it's insane. It's really,
1: oh, yeah, this is this is going to be a trend, guys. I mean, people are jumping yeah. left and right, left and right. It's going to be a thing all the way up to the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, now the, the standout match on that, that in, in your house show, and it was one of the topics, and it's a big one. Britt's place on the card. Here he is working this this is a famous like man, Brett could pull off some crazy shit, right? John Pierre Lafitte and the the, the pyre and the him stealing the, the shades, is it with the jacket? The jacket okay. go ahead. I
1: have to I have to I have to uh pimp this promo from Brett. So you know like the, the you know they did the call in promos on Raw, which are always mm-hmm. like my all time favorite. It would be like a squash match. Like PCO squashes somebody. And like, um, of course, you know, Jean-Pierre Lafitte at the time. Um, he looks way different now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he sure does, brother. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, you know, they, they do the classic Vince and Lala call in and Brett's on the phone. And Brett just starts talking about the pirate game, and he goes, well, I didn't know like the way Brett says it, and you know, because it's Brett, you can just you can hear it. Brett goes, Well, I I didn't know they still had pirates. I didn't know that was still a thing, anyways. But uh <laughs> if he's, and he's <laughs> if Brett subtly bearing the WF cartoon bullshit because it's Brett and he doesn't care. It's it's just amazing. Like <laughs> God love Brett, and he's so good.
0: He pulls it off though, man. This match is great. It's fun, right? That's
1: excellent. Like they do all kinds of crazy shit. He opens the match with a fucking tope suicida. That is like terrifying lucha. Like that is like lucha level good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And And he did. And of course, he does a bit where he rips the jacket off, and they brawl around the ringside, and They do all kinds of crazy shit. Oh my god! Brett will bust out stuff too, and he's so smart. He's buffing out stuff that he know that he wouldn't do normally in a match because yeah. he because Brett always is he's he's a thinking man's wrestler. He's a wrestler's wrestler in a lot of ways. So he's he's doing like flying forearms and flying drop kicks and shit to like try to take the guy down and like he does this great spot where he like misses a cross body and just basically hangs himself on the ropes. Um like so good. The finish is always what people talk about mm. this one the finish I didn't love as much as others might because I I don't think it was executed quite as well because I don't think Lafitte fought it off as well as I would like him to I think it was one of those deals where Brett had a really good idea of like oh uh, you know Brett you know thinking oh I like the people if they're paying attention will notice that he's a bigger guy and I and I'm smart and I realize I can get him now on the sharpshooter. When he's not expecting it i don't think lafitte did a great job of i think he just let him put him in it and that bothered me um but that's that's a minor complaint match was great um holds up pretty well
0: it's one of the big stories for 95 right brett being put in the background while they they were the diesel thing and obviously sean just turned obviously in a couple months we're about to that's about to change up because they need Mm -hmm. a new guy to get the belt to where they need to get it um it can't be, you know, overstated how important matches like this are to kind of Brett's case in terms of greatness, I think. Because while I think we all agree that if in an ideal world, he was never doing any of this in some ways, much of the match is fun, right? It feels so mm-hmm. prelim. That's what makes Brett the fucking man, right? Like, look how yeah. he did it. And that's yeah, you know, that's why people always talk to him with such adoration because that's just – it's such a Brett Hart performance in every right. which way he's brilliant
1: he's just he's he's so gifted man and like he's just his persona just the way he carries himself is just mm-hmm. so charming to me such a fucking okay. bitter fuck and it rules <laughs> um just wonderful um yeah like <clears throat> we should we should, we should get um uh, contrarian alex on here with us and we should just praise brett sometime um oh, okay, he's yeah. just he's an all-time i mean just god love the man um, I mean, even like the Hakoshi, you know that that mm-hmm. feud with uh, with Akushi. Yeah. um, just ter- you know, terrific matches. You know, they're they're over here with Diesel as a top guy. That you know, Vince is trying to make Sean the top guy. Sean gets this long build to be the top guy. I mean, he basically already is. Let's face yeah. it, Sean's already a top guy at this point. Uh, he's he he's above Diesel at this point, in my opinion. Um, I, I think Diesel. I think Vince already saw that diesel was a failure and was already pushing Sean above him. Yes. I think Summersum 95 was a turning point when Sean and Razor had that ladder match. Um, you know, and then that disaster of King Mabel match happened. Um, (laughs) Quite
0: the contrast, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Brett, you know, Brett had to be there. He was still a top. Brett was really the top draw still in the company. He really was, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, at least internationally because I know Diesel and Sean didn't draw shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not me. I mean, I'm being somewhat biased, but I'm pretty sure that's no, like the fact well, too.
0: Well, I think this is important and look, we probably only say this once because everyone knows, if I didn't already know, we're Brett guys, right? Mm-hmm. There is a weird imaginary truth about what draws and what doesn't. And if you put pen to paper on what the description is in the general consensus among wrestling, you know uh, folks that think they know what they're talking about. The description would match far better Diesel and Sean than it ever did Brett. There's no evidence they ever drew better than him. They certainly drew way worse internationally. You know, like Mm -hmm. Brett was all he was drier. You know, he was never like over the top and like but guess what? People liked him. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because
1: he was true to himself. Yes. I actually think that sold people. You know, Obama, I really do think that was big. Yeah, he was very, he was very uh, organic and, and
0: I think, authentic. I mean, I look. There's very few times I can give kind of um, cultural insight here, but I will say, in terms of British people, there's just no world in which British folks are going to like someone like a Hulk Hogan more than Bret Hart. You know, like, right. he's just he's right. Brits human, right? He doesn't feel like a comic book character, even though he right. looks cool. It's just right he's the man we love brett um and we're gonna have more time to talk about him for the next couple of years so that's that's good stuff now a couple of things gold is coming soon i think we should leave the the topic got us for when he when he arrives right because there's sure you know, he's been yet to excellent, though. yes i'll
1: say that
0: yeah and when he arrives him figuring out how he's going to work the character is really kind of interesting talk again. so we'll do that uh you mentioned him earlier with ecw shane douglas dean here dean douglas he has a match with Razor, and and then we can get into the the angle with uh one two three. Let's start with the, with the the Douglas Razor thing, and then we'll talk about your your angle of the month for WWF, and one that I love, the one two three kid Razor Ramon kind of internal conflict. Let's start with with Dean and his early days here in WWF.
1: Boy, Shane had it had had no chance out of the gate, didn't he? <laughs> and look, he ne- He never helped himself. Right. But, my God, they hated him. They hated him. And, and even today, I still feel sympathy for him. Because, Jesus, what a shit gimmick to be handed. And, I mean, the worst thing you want to do to a guy like that, with all of his shooty-shoot promos that you know the clicker <laughs> are aware of, is to put him in a fucking feud with the click. That's like... Look, I'm not the biggest Shane Douglas fan. Okay, I, 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 you know, his stick is gets really annoying, really annoying, and easy at times. Like really annoying. Um. But man, did he get it? Ba- I mean, I, 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 defended Bulldog, you know, and and somebody said it right, and I think it's unfortunately true for 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 Davey Boy. He probably wasn't a main event guy. I know Shane Douglas really. Let's be honest. But, man, did Shane get a bad draw. Here you go. You get to fucking work the click. Guys that, you know, are totally the antithesis of Shane Douglas. And the guys who are like, just, oh, God. Could you imagine? I mean, what a a shitty situation. Terrible gimmick. Yeah. You know Vince fucking didn't get him. Like, just, no.
0: It was never going to work. It was never going to work. Yeah, it went about as well as you'd expect. Um, the one, two, three kid angle is, I think, has aged better than anything else in terms of a television product from this time of WWF mm-hmm. by like a distance. And you know, this is the deal where obviously they have the they have genuine backstory, which always helps, right? These two characters and one, two, three kids kind of struggles with his role in that whole dynamic. Like, talk a little bit about that it was your best angle for the month for WWF. It's good stuff, man. Really good team. It
1: really is, and. <laughs> not to harp on it too much, but it's the reality of it. Them being click guys, they're always going to work hard with each other. yeah. And and they're always going to put, you know, they, they always work well together. Right. Cause they trusted each other and whatnot. These guys did. So, but, and, 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 and that helped the storyline, but this is really good stuff because it's like, I don't know. It's one of those things where like you get into the, you know, again, the detail, the character details, the history of you know the kids' debut, yeah. um, which they did a good job of covering, and yep. and him feeling like he's like the little brother and second fiddle to Razor, and and he's wanting to be he wants to be better than Razor and wants to prove that he's as good. And it's it's really good. It's an easy dynamic to follow, yeah. right? And and it's and they do it really well. Um, I think Kids especially good in it um razor still still his cartoony promos are still too much yeah. i think for me i agree um but in terms of his characterization within the matches and the and the frustration that he shows i think mm-hmm. i think Stahal does a really good job but um like yeah i mean it's it's a really 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 fun feud i like it a lot it's a slow burn for a kid through the you know to the heel turn it's it's really good stuff and they tease it and tease it and, you know, eventually we'll get to that. But they have good matches and, and it's a fun... It really is probably the strongest feud going at the time, for sure.
0: Yeah. it's And who'd have we right? You said it then. Something we can all understand. If you can watch this and you can see it from any which way, but you're going to get something from it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a rule there that should be followed more often. <laughs> but nonetheless, okay, finally... Give me some some context. I know the story of Bill Watts' brief, hilarious run. Give me some context and talk so, on this, brother.
1: If I'm not mistaken, he comes in for these two tapings. He literally does. He literally books the entire product from after Triple Header up until the point before Great White oh. North Three. He books like four raws, I think. Could be less than that. My God! And they're actually all like mostly good. Because yeah. there's a lot more like competitive wrestling. Marty Jannetty comes back in the September 25th show, has a really good match with Skip, mm-hmm. um, aka Chris Candido. Um, the crowd going crazy for Marty. Um, like, of course, you know the Smoking Guns own Yoko match. Like, mm-hmm. there's like like PG 13 debuts, and we'll get to them later on in October. Like, there's there's all sorts of like. You can tell it's Bill Watts booking. Of course, the famous angle where the heels beat up Taker, and yeah, and, you know, and we'll, again, we'll get to that next week. Um, it's all Watts booking. You can tell there's more focus on like match matches and and I don't know. It seems it's it's there's there's less cartoon stuff going on. Grounded, like, grounded. I, I, it's more grounded. of the Shane Douglas thing, it's right. it's really not cartoony at all. Mm-hmm. It's a very brief period. Um, it really wasn't going to work with the dynamics of the backstage political situation at the time, but. Um, it's a, it was an interesting little run, and it, it actually served us some some good episodes of Raw, believe it or not, during a really bad period.
0: Yeah, because you had them as the strongest show on the fourth week here, right? So the mm-hmm. first and the third were ECW, second was WCW, and, and Raw took mm-hmm. the, the final week. Um, overall, how would you say WBF reacted to the to the arrival of Nitro, um, past grade? What, were you, what do you think? How did they do?
1: It didn't seem like there was any sort of... Desperation or panic set in yet? Right, which makes sense. It's just starting, right? I don't think that there was anything. It doesn't appear that that's the case yet. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm missing something.
0: No, I think you're right. I,
1: I, I think the OJ thing that we'll get to in October might be a sign of things. Yes. That then that, we'll get to that next week. Like I said, I'll probably be able. I'll probably be able to finish up October. We should be able to probably the same time next week. Um, but that that I think starts a trend and things slowly start to get over. And then of course we'll get to, to uh, the Ted skits and whatnot. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, 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 there's, there's no desperation there. There's no noticeable competitiveness going on yet. Um, It's worth noting that I think some of these shows were taped earlier and yeah, you know, before night, you know, and some of this stuff, the tapings kind of can make things a little bit more complicated. But For sure. not, not, you know, we're, we're we're not quite to the, you know, the race hasn't, you know, it's it's begun, but we haven't gotten to the to the fun parts
0: quite yet. So they both had one show each in terms of the best show. If you had to pick between who had the stronger month in terms of just Nitro versus Raw, who would you? Which way would you go? Nitro. Nitro, right? Yeah, and I think it's important you you had that kind of um, that point. Their approach is very differently, right? For now, mm-hmm. like it's very different. WWF is still taking the approach of like they're trying to fix stuff internally because obviously they have their frustrations. You know, Bischoff. <laughs> we know what he's doing, brothers. He's he's going for it. He sees you know he sees one result here. So um, that was September nine nine five. That's everything from the notes from from all three promotions. Oracle, we said two hours was our target for this program, brother. Look at that, pretty good start, right? Happy with that? Uh, I think.
1: I think you know. I think we did a pretty good job. Again, you know, I think Joe and I both agree that we wish we could. We could, you know. Yeah. Do stuff, show stuff, but we can't, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, but you know, hopefully this is a fun, uh, little discussion. Each each time we get on here about uh, what was going on at the time. Um, you know, I'm going to do my best to get some dates and stuff. Um, ECW gangsters paradise, September 16th, 1995. That is on Peacock. All this is on Peacock, right. uh, fall brawl 95, September 17th, 1995 in your house, triple header in your house. Three, that's key. So if you go into Peacock, it's, it's in your house, uh, season one, episode three, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you so
1: go. um, you know, there's those are the big shows. Uh of course First Nitro September 4th, 1995. That that shouldn't be too hard to find. Um the Owen Yoko versus Smoking Guns Tag, September twenty-fifth, nineteen ninety five raw. Mm-hmm. Um Let me think if there's anything else I wanna throw out there. Um some of the great bully promos, September fifth, nineteen 19- 95 ECW, Hardcore TV, September 12th, Hardcore TV, September 19th, mm-hmm. Hardcore TV. Um, uh, September, I think well, there might have been, there might be the September 26th was the third one. Um, but, you know, that's just me throwing out some dates to help you guys if you if you want to check that stuff out. Because, right. you know, we, we, we can't really throw in being a free stream and stuff. You know, we have to be careful with that, unfortunately. But, yeah. <clears throat> every week i'll try and throw out some dates and whatnot
0: yeah hopefully for some of you it's a trip down memory lane hopefully for others it's like a guide to what they should watch right, right. and i think what makes this stuff so fascinating is there's this just there's some incredible narratives that form you know and it's just a great story so i'm looking forward to telling this here as we as we go through it step by step uh, as you can see from the confirm sheet's wonderful graphic you can follow the Oracle of Wrestling, who was fabulous in preparation for this and I had a great time. You can follow him at King H. You can follow me at Joe Holbert. We'll be back, right? Oracle in about um 25 hours. We'll be grinning, brother. We'll be talking about Rampage and breaking down the AEW roster a little bit more. That will be um late That's behind the paywall. That'll always be on the paywall for our sake. <laughs> it's a four-hour <laughs> podcast. I promise it's worth it, especially if you like this content. Um until then, any any final comment, Oracle? Uh,
1: no. But be prepared to discuss Halloween Havoc '95 in about a week's time. Be prepared yeah. to discuss WWF's in your house 4, the Great White North. Good lord! Considered one of the all time bad pay per views. Be prepared to discuss um some really great ECW TV that is just awesome. Yeah. So uh, well. should be an exciting week. Like I said, I should be able to finish up. So be ready.
0: There you go, folks. A lot of bad wrestling ahead and hopefully ECW is a, is a bright spot next month. So that will hopefully be next week. But get us on the Twitter. You'll, you'll be updated. We'll speak to you all tomorrow for the late night grin. All how.